This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. There is a 100-year-old building in southern West Virginia that is for sale. But it's not just a building. It is a cultural and personal landmark for many. Everyone has some relationship to that building. It turned out that I had a relationship to that building. That story and more this West Virginia Morning. Clorox has opened a new West Virginia cat litter plant that is expected to create more than 100 new jobs. The company says the Martinsburg facility officially opened on Friday with plans to bring $190 million into the local economy. The facility is a West Virginia Eastern Panhandle community that includes suburbs of Washington. The plant is expected to reach full capacity by early next year. The project includes a 97,000-square-foot main building and a 450,000-square-feet off-site at a warehouse. The facility will produce fresh step and scoop-away litter. Clorox now has three facilities in West Virginia, including Kingsford brand charcoal plants in Mineral and Tucker counties. Marshall University will host a ribbon cutting at 1 o'clock today for the newly expanded West Virginia State Police Digital Forensic Lab. The lab is located at the Marshall University Forensic Science Center's Annex. The now 1,400-square-foot lab accommodates more space for Marshall students to complete internships with the state police. The expansion was made possible by a donation of $150,000 from Operation Underground Railroad. The organization works with law enforcement agencies around the world to rescue victims of sex trafficking as well as providing services to help them heal. Marshall University has a well-established relationship with Operation Underground Railroad. In the 2017-2018 academic year, Marshall University students teamed up with R for a project that resulted in the rescue of nearly 40 child trafficking victims and the arrest of 10 suspected traffickers. It involved trafficking taking place in Latin America and the Caribbean, as well as Southeast Asia. It will be used by student interns from three different academic programs. Opioid overdoses result in thousands of deaths each year. To stem the loss of life, advocates are looking for new solutions, including thinking inside the box. Bill Lynch has this story. September 23rd, thousands came to southern West Virginia for the Healing Appalachia Music Festival featuring Tyler Childers, country singer Margot Price, and the jam band Galactic. The festival is for the nonprofit Hope in the Hills, which raises funds and awareness for opioid recovery in Appalachia. Along with picking up a t-shirt or a sticker from their favorite band, attendees could connect with addiction recovery organizations from three states, among them the West Virginia Drug Intervention Institute in Charleston. A few days before the festival, Institute President Dr. Susan Bissett and inventor Joe Murphy were preparing for the festival where they hoped to help train 1,201 people on how to administer naloxone. 
1,201 is the number of people from West Virginia who died last year from opioid overdoses. Everyone the Institute trained at the festival, including performing artists, was to receive a kit, a one-box, a standalone overdose reversal kit created by Murphy. Just having a box in a place that says naloxone that doesn't look like a first aid kit is step one. When you are on a campus, when you're in a bar, when you're at Applebee's in the bathroom, like if you see naloxone emergency kit, you know this may or may not have naloxone. What do I need to do next? Step one is to just open the box, which starts a video with former Huntington Fire Chief Jan Rader, a recovery advocate and one of the women featured in the Oscar-nominated documentary, Heroin. Once you open the box, an emergency version First pops off, up. Let's take a deep breath. And Step Jan will tell you, and in both English and Spanish. How to overcome, an, using this kit, how to overcome and reverse an overdose immediately. So the emergency function is fantastic when you need it, but we believe that if you use the training function far in advance, for example, you begin to work at a service-based industry, any industry, you fill out your W-2 and when you're done with your W-2 you hit training mode. So the first thing that you want to do if you come across someone you think has overdosed from an overdose. Training mode is a long-form version that takes six to ten minutes with the computer component which was created by the West Virginia Drug Intervention Institute that will legitimately train every person following all in this case West Virginia state standards. Murphy went through several different models of one box before getting to the current version. Demand for it was almost instant. We built the box. We immediately had a great deal of interest. We started getting calls from throughout Appalachia. We've now had orders from around 22 states. And for us, it's not only a way to cure this problem because when you break it down, 1,201 overdoses is something we can legitimately make an impact on and can stop. But one of the components that we've brought in and Susan and the WVDI have helped me with uh, is we've built uh, and have begun building a staff of folks in recovery who are building all these boxes. So now they have meaningful jobs and meaningful positions, and many of these folks have been resuscitated by naloxone themselves. So these boxes are made in West Virginia by those in recovery, and they are now in service, which is a big part of the recovery loop, right? To always be in service to the next guy. So the likelihood these boxes will save lives, that one of the ones that pass through their hands will save lives is pretty high. Always seems like in West Virginia we're at the bottom of um, the best list and at the top of the worst list. And so to me, to be able to have something that was created by a West Virginian is being built by West Virginians and is not only saving lives in West Virginia, but throughout the United States and potentially the world, I think that that is phenomenal. Concert goers trained at Healing in the Hills got a one box for free, but boxes retail for $250 through the Institute and do not include naloxone. Purchasers would need to stock the box themselves, but naloxone can be found at many pharmacies across the country and is available free online to residents in most states. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Bill Lynch in Charleston. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 751. Coming mostly sunny and warm today. High temperatures in the 70s. Partly cloudy overnight with lows in the 40s. Partly cloudy tomorrow with a chance of rain in the eastern panhandle. High temperatures in the 70s.
Support for the weather forecast is provided by the attorneys at Torres Save a Law, representing firefighters, police officers, and West Virginia families. Information at TorresSaveAlaw.com. There's a new push to sell the Itman Coal Company store building in Wyoming County. The almost 100-year-old building has a rich history as a former store and business office owned by Isaac T. Mann. Today it comes with some memories and a lot of expensive repairs. Current owner and former state senator Billy Wayne Bailey is hoping real estate agent and historian David Sibri can find the right buyer. Jessica Lilly spoke with Sibri to find out more about the recent open house. What kind of things were the most interesting and what did you learn that was interesting about this place? again and again and again occurred to me is just how important this building is to all of that community. Not certainly just Itman, the town, but all of the county. Someone, Everyone has some relationship to that building. It turned out that I had a relationship to that building. My godfather showed up this open house and he he said you know your dad would be really proud that you're selling this building and he said you really knew you were in high cotton when you were having a meeting in the upstairs of this building so, so what kind of business is your godfather or oh, what? They, they were in uh mining m- mining supplies my father had never said a thing to me about it and then it turns out that i too had this brief link with the building but so many people do kids who sat there and ate candy in the breezeway uh, people who went to get their checks people who bought all their furniture people who bought all their food i was also impressed at how the uh, architect certainly and it man uh, understood what a coal company store complex is you know mining had started in the late 1800s this building was built in the uh, in the 1920s, so we had had 30 years of experience building coal uh, company stores. This was one of the last built, and it was certainly one of the most in- incredibly built buildings. But the idea that they also not only did they put in the store and the office complex, but that there were these terraces up and behind the store where the coal company houses were moved to. Uh, originally, Itman was down the, which I hadn't known before, was down the stream about a half mile. But when the store was built, they terraced all the land around it and moved all the houses there. So what does it take to sell a historical place? This, If this is your specialty, what, what are you really selling here? In the first place, many of these buildings, if they're on the National Register, have grants and tax credits available for their development. But certainly, I I guess my ability, I have enough as a historian knowledge of of what happens in a community over time to be able to make connections as I begin to write the narrative. Everything is so connected with a structure like this that it's, it's about knowing a lot more than that building and a lot more than the, uh, 
what's economically going on like certainly in this case you've got the new expressway you've got the atv trails you've got the guy and dot water trail you have the broadband access all of those things go into knowing what you're doing with any sort of property but when you're selling something as big as this you, you got to know all of that the last purchase price was just twenty five thousand bucks but the listing price now that you think is a good place for it is four ninety nine, so half a million dollars from that. Pretty significant jump, but you say that doesn't matter. How come? Yeah, but because whomever buys this building is going to need to have the ability to do a lot of work with the building. I mean, it's going to cost millions of dollars, and that's the kind of market that we're in. And my job also for the owner is to leave no money on the table. I mean, it is it is my part of my employment just to make sure that he gets everything and, you know, all that he can get out of it. That's my job. But uh, also, you know, to some extent, it, it prevents people from wanting to buy the building and tear it down. There are people who would like to remove the, the building and move the stone. Again, this building also is being sold on the global market. Foxfire Realty, our specialization has always been because we work with properties that are large-scale properties. We have to go nationally to sell these buildings and globally because, again, it will take that kind of person you know with the, the ability to take on this project to uh, to actually be the buyer for this building can you tell us about any of the conversations that are going on or any of the interest that's been sparked there are people who have talked about restaurants and uh, hotels and atv repair shops i mean it's it's there's a lot that can go on in that building um, as far as buyers potentials. We've, we've had several people um, who have come forward who have expressed interest and they seem to be viable uh, potential owners, but the, the wheels of, of this um, train move slowly. So it'll, it, it may take a little time for people to work out how exactly the, the purchase of this building might be managed. When somebody purchases this building, what's it going to mean to the people there? as long as it's preserved. I, I can't imagine it being anything other than a good outcome, um, as long as it's repaired. And everybody that we're talking to is aware of the full, you know, that this is a several million dollars worth of uh, investment. This isn't just the cost of the building and the property. It's, it's everything else that needs to be done to make this a useful space. That was historian and real estate agent David Sibri speaking with Jessica Lilly about a historical coal company store in Itman that's up for sale. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from West Virginia University, Concord University, and Shepherd University. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.